Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm glad to be here tonight. It's an honor and a privilege. And uh, I told Sister Powell, my wife would shoot me if I scheduled a meeting right after ladies' conference. So I hope all you ladies can stay awake tonight while I'm preaching. Praise God. You may be seated. Uh, what an honor it is to be here tonight. We certainly love your pastor and his family. Uh, they mean a lot to us. And, of course, Brother Powell was with us for, what, 10 years, I think? Seven in Augusta and then three more up in Caribou. So 10 total, right? Oh, 10 years in Caribou. There you go. I knew there was a 10 somewhere. So uh, we're very happy for them and what God is doing in their lives. And my, it's just a privilege and a blessing to be here. And I truly mean that. I suspect that perhaps Earl and Carol might be watching online tonight. So, uh, hello. And it's certainly a, a pleasure to uh, be here also with Sister Powell and her sister, Sister Jacqueline, Sister Jackie, Dr. Jackie, Dr. Ferris. But anyway, I'm real proud of both of these young ladies. They, they have done so well, extraordinarily well. We thank the Lord for that. And all that God is using your pastor and his family. I am ready to rock and roll, and this is the calm before the storm. So I'm happy that you're here. And I have spent a considerable amount of time in prayer, praying for you. And I feel like I have a word from the Lord for you tonight. And so it's my honor to come and to be with you. I'm going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 10, and verse 1. Now, I would just ask you that if you will look like you're listening very attentively, I will preach fast. If I think you're not listening, I will repeat myself over and over. So, it really, the length of the message will determine on you. So... <laughs> Boy, everybody's really attentive. Awesome. Okay. Great. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face unto every city and place. whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Skipping down to verse 9. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, 
The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. And then I know I'm reading several verses here, but bear with me. Luke 10, 16. This is very important. He that heareth you, heareth me. He that despiseth you, despiseth me. He that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Hang out with me for a few minutes. Let's lift our voices and let's give God some praise. Lord, I love you. I worship you. I praise you right now. Father, I, I bind every foul and unclean spirit that would try to hinder these precious people tonight. And I loose the good spirit of faith. And Lord, I loose the good spirit of understanding and wisdom and knowledge of spiritual things. I, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that this church would be raised to another level. Hallelujah. I pray, oh God, for Omaha. I pray in the name of Jesus, not for just those who are in this building, but for those who will receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the name of Jesus after tonight. I give you praise and glory and honor in the precious, mighty name of Jesus. All right, here we go. I hear the voice of the Spirit. I heard it again in my room last night and again today as I was praying for you. I hear God calling the church of Omaha to a higher level. I hear God calling you to a great revival like you've never seen before. And I hear God telling us uh, that this is going to be the greatest adventure this church has ever been on in your lifetime. I will predict to you if you will listen carefully, that the greatest days of the church are not somewhere in the shadows of the future, but the time has come. God has brought you to this hour. I know we've been through a difficult time with this COVID season. I know it's been crazy. There are times sometimes that try men's souls. But I hear the voice of the Lord calling to the church of Omaha and saying, now I am prepared to do the greatest miracles that this church has ever seen. I don't come here tonight because I don't have anything to do and was looking for a place to preach. Honestly, I love you folks but I dreaded leaving Augusta. Only because 
my body said, I'm 66. But I knew that when I got here, that the Holy Ghost had a purpose, that Pastor Powell was led by the Spirit to have me come. And so here I am, and I want you to stay with me for a few moments because tonight, in order to reach the next level, we have to have a paradigm shift. Okay, so listen carefully because those who want to be used of God are going to be used of God like you never have been used before. In the previous chapter to the text that I read, the Lord Jesus sent out 12, giving them, quote, power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That was one chapter prior. Why did Jesus send 12 in Luke 9 with power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases and then one chapter later send other 70 also? At the time that Christ was teaching, the Sanhedrin was an elite council consisting of the active high priest, those who had been high priest and members of the privileged families from which the high priest were taken, as well as tribal heads, scribes, Pharisees, and Sadducees. The rabbis traced this aristocratic assembly to the college of 70 elders named by Moses in the Exodus and in the sojourning of the Israelites. And remember in that day, the Lord said to Moses, gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel whom thou knowest to be elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tabernacle that they may stand there with thee and I will come down, listen now, and I will talk with you and I will take of the spirit which is upon you and I will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou bear it not thyself alone. And the Bible says in Numbers chapter 11, verse 24, And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and he spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him upon Moses, and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass, when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. Now I want you to notice what God did in the Old Testament. God took the anointing that was upon Moses, and he placed it upon 70 elders. Now Moses' 70 and their successors came from the elite. Everybody say elite came from the privileged, the tribal heads, the aristocracy, and the who's who in Israel. I hate Pentecostal social clubs, by the way. That's another message. Jesus' 70 disciples were just ordinary people. Unnamed in the scriptures. And today their names are known but to God. 
Moses 70 were the who's who in Israel. Jesus 70 were just ordinary, average people. And the name of this message is A Supernatural God, an Extraordinary Mission for an Ordinary Person with an Extraordinary God. The Jews believed, according to Genesis chapter 10, that the whole human race sprang from 70 people. They said 14 came from Japheth, 30 from Ham, 26 from Shem, for a total of 70. Get the picture now. What's Jesus trying to say here? The 12 apostles in Luke chapter 9 represent the God-ordained leadership leading the way. The leader has to lead the way in the apostolic. He has to lead the way in the spiritual things. You have to follow your leader. But Acts, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 10, the 70 re represent every Holy Ghost filled believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. It's the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. And these signs shall follow them. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And the Bible says that Jesus sent out this unknown group of 70 people, two by two, before his face, into every city and place whither he himself would come. I have to tell you something, folks. We're running out of time. We don't have the luxury of waiting 10 more years. We don't have the luxury of waiting 15 more years. Jesus Christ is coming and he's coming very soon. And the harvest is great. And God sees that we are not going to accomplish this harvest by having a good praise team. We're not going to accomplish this harvest by having a beautiful building. We're not going to accomplish this harvest simply by good preaching and good teaching. We're not going to accomplish this harvest simply by worship and praising God. There has to be something unconventional. There has to be some unconventional methods that we employ or the job will not get done. So the Lord Jesus said, into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And then he said something that just caused a collective gasp. He said, and heal the sick that are therein. They're going, me? I understand the 12 going out and doing that, but I'm just an ordinary person. It's beyond the ordinary. It's out of the regular and established order of things. It's unusual. This is an extraordinary mission. And would it be a success? Or would the disciples come back, uh, 70 unknown, normal people, come walking back with their hands shoved down in their pockets saying, mission impossible. Would they come back saying, I'm just an ordinary guy, an ordinary gal. And so we read at the conclusion of their mission, 
and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. I want you to notice that the word of God said the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Listen to me carefully. If we're not careful, we'll cede our dominion. We'll give our authority to the devil. We'll say, man, I'm fighting spiritual warfare. This is tough. And we begin to think of the devil as an equal opponent that we're circling in the ring with. When all the scripture says is that I beheld Satan as lightning fall. The Lord spoke to me one day, and he referred, to, referred me to Isaiah 29, 20, where it says, the terrible one is brought to naught, the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. Listen, this is very important for somebody online or in this building. I want you to know that that scripture, what that is saying, is that Satan's schemes are being frustrated. When it says brought to naught, it means he's defeated. And then he said the scorner is consumed. That word consumed means exhausted. You think you're tired? The demon that's been assigned to you is exhausted. He's used up. Come on. The devil and the demons never were the opposite of God. And I'm telling you from the Lord himself to let you know that the devil that's been assigned to you is about to give up. He's exhausted. His tongue is hanging down to his knees. Don't you start giving him authority that he doesn't have. He's whipped already. He's fallen. You got your foot on his neck. Now stomp him. And then I read... And all that watch for iniquity are cut off. Everybody look at my blue eyes right here. If you are in default finding, your days in the church are numbered. Hear me now. If you're one of these people that always notices everything that's wrong and never can talk about anything that's going right, your days in the church are going to be extremely few. Because the word of God said all that watch for iniquity are cut off. Those who are in the fault finding and complaining are cut off. How many wants to give God some praise right now? I was preaching in a home missions church and, and uh, I was teaching on giving. And Brother Powell, you might remember me telling this woman stood up and she thought she was going to give a message. And she kind of went, I don't know what that was supposed to mean. I thought maybe she was trying to give it authenticity. And she said, no money, no money. Sorry, girl, maybe I can give you a loan. She didn't want the pastor teaching on giving and she was trying to make it spiritual no money no money 
and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. Listen to me. When Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven, the emphasis was not on the lightning. The emphasis was on fall. When you behold Satan, it's time for you to recognize he has fallen. You actually have been given authority. You have been given power over him. You have been given authority and power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is ultra important to your success or failure of your mission. To some degree, Satan will only have the power that you give him. You know, I believe in spiritual warfare. But I am not going to get up and talk about spiritual warfare. Get a life. He's under our feet. I'm not going to make these people think that unless you walk just exactly carefully that that devil is going to devour you. That is not true. You are a conqueror. You are more than conquerors. You have been given authority over the darkness. Stop cursing the darkness and lighting a light in the name of Jesus. It's time to stop talking about what has gone wrong and, and that stupid COVID, COVID thing. We need to get that off our mind and begin to say, all right, now in the mighty name of Jesus, who has all power in heaven and earth. Well, I was preaching one night, and this little boy, he was so cute. He was about eight or nine years old, I think, and, and he came forward and he stood, and the Powells might remember me telling this, but he, uh, he had his head down. I couldn't see his face, and I wanted to see his face, so I said, son, what do you want God to do? And when he looked up at me, his eyes were crossed, and he said, I have crossed eyes. And, yeah, you do. And I said, do you believe God, son? He said, I do. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. I didn't grab him. I didn't try to pull his eyes apart. I didn't make a big scene because it is a non, it's not a big deal. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And right there, his eyes went straight. I'm telling you the story because his mother took him to the doctor to show the doctor what God had done. And he checks out the boy. He says, ma'am, he said, not only is your boy no longer cross-eyed, he now has 20-20 vision. <laughs> this little boy walked out in the foyer of the doctor's office and he pumped his fist. He said, Satan! He didn't care who was listening. You've been Defanged and detoothed. You know what? If we adults could get that in our head, Satan has been defanged and detoothed. Do you remember Brother Charlie Mahaney, right? Do you remember the time he was out door knocking and he came to this fence and on the fence gate it said, Beware of dog. He said, I'm not afraid of no dog. And while his friends watched with uh, horror, he opened the gate 
went in, closed the gate, walked up to the door, and rang the doorbell. And that's when the German shepherd came running around from the side yard. At full tilt, ears back, and he grabbed a hold of Brother Mahaney's calf, and he began to chew for all he was worth. And Brother Mahaney said, I didn't even want to look down. I knew my leg was in ribbons. He said, the lady came to the door. She said, don't worry about that dog, son. I took him to the dentist. He doesn't have a tooth in his head. He said, I looked down. He said, my leg wasn't even red. That dog was giving me a massage. I'm telling you that the devil has been detoothed and defanged. He has no power over you. He has no authority over you. Come on, somebody. I don't care if you feel it or not. Act like you feel it. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents. Look, I, I walk over you, devil, just to get to a fight. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, Brother Tenney said, the serpent represents Satan's power to deceive. He bites with his head. And I give you power to tread on serpents. Listen, folks, we need to claim that power. I've never seen so many deluded people as I'm seeing now. Pray to God. Believe God with me that God has given you power over the serpent, which is Satan's power deceive, to deceive. And he said, I also give you power over the scorpion, which is Satan's power to inflict pain. In the name of Jesus Christ, I claim the victory over pain. I claim the victory over deception. I claim it in Jesus' name. The serpent bites with his head. The scorpion inflicts pain with his tail. But heads or tails, we win. Yes, 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 yes. And it's in that hour that Jesus rejoiced and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Jesus literally, according to the Greek, began to jump for joy when these 70 ordinary people came back saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. Jesus began to jump up and down. That's what the Greek says. Why? He rejoiced when the disciples came back telling of the wondrous works they'd accomplished through his name. He rejoiced more than that, that common, ordinary people had been willing instruments through which he could work. He rejoiced that his ministry would continue after his ascension through ordinary people. He rejoiced that his disciples had finally gotten the true picture that Satan indeed is fallen. Hallelujah. Now listen carefully. God uses imperfect people. I was raised in Pentecost. I love Pentecost. I wouldn't trade it. But in the day I was raised, you, you had to earn it. If you prayed enough hours and fasted enough days, 
then you could cast the devil out. And if you hadn't fasted enough days and you hadn't prayed enough hours, you better just start running. And they didn't mean for us to think that way, but they created a, an earning type of mentality. And, and the result was most people walked around feeling condemned a lot because we didn't feel like we were worthy. But God uses ordinary, imperfect people. He always has. Now, I know you've heard some of this, but let me remind you. Adam had an obedience problem. Moses had an anger problem. He literally broke God's word on the ground, threw it down. He smote the rock instead of speaking to the rock. David had a problem with lust. Elijah was plagued at times with fear. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he was depressed a lot. Matthew, a former tax collector, had to watch out for greed. James and John were called the sons of thunder. I don't need to explain that one. Peter could be impetuous and, Lord, we're going to build three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Thomas had to overcome his doubts. Paul had to overcome impatience and unforgiveness as with John Mark. And Timothy was just a sick guy a lot. To those who do not feel that they are quality to be used by God with no disrespect, I will remind you, listen to me carefully, Noah got drunk. Abraham was too old. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph had been abused as a child. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab, my God, she was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. And David had had an affair and had committed murder. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job had gone bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while trying to pray. And Martha, she just worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. And Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. Ordinary people with shortcomings and weaknesses just like you and just like me. And yet they were mightily used of God for the extraordinary. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. 
Okay, we're going somewhere. See, you didn't realize it, but the thing that's been holding some of you back is you're waiting for the day when you will feel worthy to do. And the dirty little secret is you will never feel worthy. You know why? Because you never will be worthy. That's why the blood of Jesus had to be shed. If you could be worthy, Christ didn't need to go to the cross. But because nobody, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's none righteous, no, not one. I'm dependent upon the worthiness of the blood of Jesus. And when Jesus looks at me, he looks at me through the blood. Don't let the devil keep condemning you for the mistakes you've made. Don't let the devil keep holding you under his thumb because you feel unworthy. Don't walk around every day and say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Shut up. God's already forgiven you. Now you need to begin to rejoice. You need to begin to shout. You need to begin to praise the God of heaven because he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And with yours, his stripes, you are healed. See, the dirty little secret is if the devil can keep you trying to earn it, you will always wait another day, another week, another month, another year, and the harvest will die in the field. You may feel ordinary and unexceptional in every way, but you are not. You have been handpicked by God. Do you think that it's just by coincidence that you're sitting in the church of Omaha? Do you think it's by coincidence that God has sent this family to lead you in the ways of God? Do you think it's coincidence that a preacher has come from Maine to preach on a Saturday night to you about this situation? It is not anything in the normal and in the ordinary. God considers you extraordinary even though you are ordinary you have an extraordinary God okay I I hope I'm getting across an ambassador is a minister of the highest rank employed by a prince or state at the court of another to represent the concerns of his own prince or state. And he represents the dignity and power of his sovereign. You know, when a third world ambassador comes walking up, he might be going, it's a direct reflection on his sovereign. You see what I'm saying? But when the ambassador of the United States walks into the room, he's not being arrogant. He just knows who he's representing. He walks with his shoulders back, his head up. And he walks into the room. He looks you in the eye. And he is a presence in the room in wherever he goes. An ambassador is sent to do what the sovereign would himself do were he present. You ever read about Jesus grabbing somebody 
and shaking them until they needed to have a chiropractor? I think maybe some of those preachers are in cahoots with the chiropractors. I got you another one, John. In the name of what? Whoa! We got this big cancer prayer. Whoa! Whoa! Then we got the, the cold prayer. Then we have the lice prayer. We are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus would address a sickness, he would say, be thou clean. And I, I realized a while back that if I was going to put on a demonstration that it was like a, a contest between me and that sickness, God would say, well, go ahead, boy, heal him. And I would have very few successes. But when I walked up and said, do you believe God? And they said, I do. And, and I spoke as the ambassador of Christ. And I said, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I turned and walked away. Oftentimes, I would hear somebody say, Brother Stoops, he can see. He can see. He can hear. He can hear. The lady that had no eardrum in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And her ear opened. Boom. Perfect hearing. What's going on? I am an ambassador of His Majesty, Jesus Christ. When I come to you, I am coming as the ambassador of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not going to mess around. I'm just going to walk in and do what He would do if He were present. Let me give you a few examples in the Bible. Very quickly, I have to hurry. Samuel, the Bible said, God let none of his words fall to the ground. Elijah didn't have any degree from anywhere. But yet, he called fire from heaven, and the only reason he could do it was, his name means, my God is Jehovah. And when Elijah said, Ahab, you Arab, you've sinned, no more rain. But according to my word, who does he think he is? He acts like an ambassador. Thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 44, listen carefully now. Thus saith the Lord, Thy Redeemer and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars and maketh diviners mad. I make 
fortune tellers foolish, that turneth wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah you shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof. In other words, God says, I'm going to honor the word of my messenger. I'm going to honor the word of my servant. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have what you say. If you walk around saying, man, it's bad, it's bad, you're going to have it. You got the authority. You can make it bad. You can say it's going to be bad from now on. It will be bad for you from now on. God allows you to speak into your own future. He allows you to speak into your own life. You were made in the image of God. God spoke the worlds into existence. The power of your words are incredible. What you say is what you get. That went over real good. So he's going to confirm the word of his servant. He's going to perform the counsel of his messengers. You say to Jerusalem, thou shalt be inhabited. God gives you the authority to say to your city, you shall be built. And God will raise up the decayed places thereof. Want some more examples? The apostle Peter walks by the lame man and says, such as I have, give I thee. Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I thee. It is for you to say to yonder mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. You that are waiting for the day when you'll finally be worthy to be used of the Lord in the extraordinary are going to be waiting till after the rapture and you will miss the harvest season. You will never earn this as long as you live. But God uses ordinary, imperfect people who trust in an extraordinary God and who set out by faith in God to do an extraordinary mission today. I raise my sword. I don't want to sound cocky, but everywhere I go, there's an angel that goes with me. Sometimes people will see one or two while I'm preaching. I'm just telling you, that's the way it is. You don't like it? Sorry. Too bad. That's the way it is. And Brother Eli Hernandez years ago said, Brother Stoops, he said, you have an unorthodox angel that goes everywhere you go. He said, when you lift your sword, he lifts his sword. So I tell you tonight, in the wonderful name of Jesus, I lift my sword against the spirits that are trying to hinder you. I lift my sword against the spirits of inferiority complexes. I lift my sword against the spirit that says, you're not worthy. You never were worthy and you never will be worthy. I lift my sword and my unorthodox angel is lifting his sword and granting you a measure of faith like you've never had before. Will you receive it right now? Today, Lift your hand with me. I lift my sword against the spirits of intimidation. 
I felt it. You're good people, but I felt it. I raise my sword against the spirit of intimidation. I raise my sword against the spirit of anxiety. Some of you have been walking around with fear, worried about this and worried about that, and it's actually shortening your life. But in the name of Jesus, I raise my sword against the spirit of anxiety and the spirit of fear. You have an extraordinary mission. You are God's ambassador to your family, to your community, on your job. By the way, God never gives you a job but what he has somebody he's going to save there. Many years ago, I was driving a truck trying to start a church and a terrible tragedy had taken place. The assistant pastor at Augusta, First United Pentecostal Church, his wife and two children had perished in a fire. I was not pastor, but I was home, and the pastor was away. And I was going to the funeral, and the owner of the company said, just take the truck as far as you can, and when you need to go to the funeral, bring it back. We'll finish unloading it. So I did. And when I got to the loading dock... My foreman came out and cursed me like I've never been cursed. He cursed me up one side and down the other. He called me every name he could think of plus a few more. And he told me, you ever do that blankety-blank again? You ever do this again? And you're fired! I said, sir, I had permission from the owner, and he didn't listen. It didn't matter. I'll tell you what I did to get revenge. I baptized him in Jesus' name. I baptized his wife in Jesus' name. I baptized his children in Jesus' name. They all got the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues because Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm wrapping it. lady came forward I said what's wrong with you she said I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma said, do you believe God yes in the name of Jesus Christ be healed I went back a year later to preach in that church in Dartmouth Nova Scotia she walked into the room and when she saw me she reaches in her purse and she pulls out a sheaf of papers, and she starts waving them at me. She said, Brother Stoops, after we had prayer, I went back and I demanded that they retest me. She said, I have the papers to prove I no longer have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she is still healed to this day. I'm telling you, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Would you rise to your feet, please? I told Pastor Powell 
how this message came about, and I want to share this with you as I close. I was preaching for a church in Montreal, Quebec. The pastor took me over to a large religious church that did not have all the truth that we have. I'm not making fun. I saw that they were involved in some things that were very unusual. I saw them worshiping in a way that was unbiblical. And I saw them actually kneeling before the heart of the founding pastor who they had cut out of his chest and put it in a gilded jar of formaldehyde. I can tell you more about it off camera, but that's as far as I'll go with that. I walked out of that church and I said, God, it's not right. These people are getting miracles. I'm glad you're giving them miracles. I'm glad that, that you're doing things for them, but your children are going without. And you're giving miracles to these people who do not know you and the truth. I went back to the church where I was preaching revival, and for the first time in my ministry, I stood there and I was angry. I said, anybody in pain, stand to your feet. And several people stood. And I began to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And to my amazement, each and every one were being healed instantly. And I said, so that's why people who do not even know you and the power of the Holy Ghost are believing you for miracles and we are going without because we simply didn't know that all we had to do was speak the word. Trying to earn, trying to get closer. And we should all want to get closer to God. Don't get me wrong. But trying to get to a place where we can never humanly get. And from that time to this, I have seen two different ladies leg grow out to the proper size I've seen God heal young men of color blindness and teach them their colors at the very same instant so they knew every color it was amazing to me it was scientifically impossible and I am telling you tonight if you will go forth to your job, to the places of your employment or to your school, remember what I'm going to tell you now. These miracles are linked to one thing. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel unto every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow. You will not see the miracles if all you do is come to church and be fed. 
But if you will go up to your colleague at work and say, my God is able right now, would you mind if I prayed for you? If you go up to your fellow student and say, my God is the healer, would you like for me to pray right now? God will begin to do signs and wonders and the church of Omaha will begin to see significant growth like we've never seen before because it's not your praise team it's not your building it's not the oratory it's not anything to do with you it is the fact that you are the ambassadors of Jesus Christ to Omaha you are the ambassador of Jesus Christ to the place where you work now in the name of Jesus I command you take authority I command you in the name of Jesus Take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. God will work through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody here want God to do something in your life? You want God to do something in your life? I'll tell you what you do now. I want you to speak to that mountain with authority right now. I want you to stop begging and whining. If you beg and whine, you're only going to get slapped. Because Papa doesn't like that. And after a while, he just smacks you across the face and says, Be quiet, I'm talking. But if you want to take the authority that Papa has given you, I want you to lift your hands as imperfect people. Ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And I want you to remember you are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. Now, it may be about a family member. It may be about you. It may be about a colleague. It may be about a financial situation. It may be about a spiritual or a physical. Or you might have a child that's addicted to drugs. But now, in the name of Jesus, don't cry and whine about it. Begin to speak to it right now and say, you devil, God has given me power over you. I command in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I command this mountain to be removed and cast into the sea. I am not going to walk around with a hanghead anymore. I am not going to walk around feeling like I'm not as good as other people. I'm going to walk around realizing that God has called me and whom God calls he enables and he has enabled me to do what he's called me to do. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Christ, His Majesty. Did you feel that, Brother Powell? I am an ambassador of His Majesty, Jesus Christ. The lady was sitting back toward the back, like where these ladies are sitting. And she suddenly stood up. And I'm up at the front, and it's not the church I pastor. And I looked back. I didn't know who she was or what she wanted. I said, ma'am, what is it that you want? She said, the doctor severed the nerve in my face between my ear and my chin, and I have no feeling in that side of my face. And I said, you had. That's it. 
She said, I have. I said, ma'am, you had. And I changed it to the past tense. She said it two or three times, and then it dawned on her what I was saying to her. And I'll never forget when she raised her hand and to her face, and when she touched her face, she gave out a blood-curdling scream. Because when the man of God said, you had, God said, done. And she reaches her hand and she touches her face. And the feeling, the nerve that the doctor said would never be restored was restored instantly. Because the God I serve says, there is nothing impossible to them that believe. I believe there's a miracle in the house right now. Lift your voice. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord for his wonderful power. My God, my God, my God. God's ready to use you. I was preaching for Brother Morell Cornwell in Wichita. I'd got done preaching and I came down off the platform and I was going to walk back and sit down. And as I walked by, there was a couple standing right here. And as, as I walked by them, the Lord said, they want a child. And I said, I'm not having anything to do with that. And I kept right on walking. And then I was checked by the Holy Ghost. And I turned around and I went back. And they were standing there. And I said, you want a child. <laughs> they begin to weep. I didn't know that they'd been married for 10 years and were wanting a child and couldn't have one. But we just simply said, in the name of Jesus Christ, right now, God is going to give you a child. I got a beautiful picture that I can show you. I don't have it up today where I can show it, but I've got it on my phone. And there's a little brilliant baby boy. He's a toddler now. Because in that moment, God healed the situation and they had a child. I don't care what the situation is. I'm telling you, ma'am, God's going to bring your son back into the house of God. God's going to bring your daughter back to the house of God. God's going to do a miracle in your life. You just need to claim it right now. I'm trying to stop. I'm back now into the church in Montreal. There's a little Frenchman. He's sitting about three or four rows back. And I'm looking down there and the Holy Ghost is talking to me. And as I looked at him, I said, Sir, get out of that seat and dance to the altar. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know him from Adam. I think he might have been a visitor. What a horrible thing to do. But he got out of his pew and it was, it was so cute. His little short Frenchman. He put his hands like this. I'll never forget. He went. And he danced all the way to the altar. And nothing happened. So he looked at me and went on first step and he danced. He went on the second step and he danced. 
when his feet touched the platform, God smote him with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave him the utterance. Because God is going to honor the word of his ambassador. And you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Who came in pain tonight? Physical pain in your body. You came in pain. You step out in the aisle, you're going to see a miracle. You came in pain. You came in pain. You're going to receive a miracle right now by the authority of the name of Jesus. Now, I just want you to watch what God does. Wait, wait a minute, sir. Hold on just a minute. Sir, hold on just a moment. Ma'am, you came in pain. Where's the pain? All over your, all over your lower back. You want the pain to be gone. By order of His Majesty, Lord Jesus Christ, I command that pain now. There it goes right now. In the name of Jesus. And I tell you to dance, but I don't want you to fall with those high heels on. But you go ahead and try it, all right? Because God's going to do something. He's doing it right now. Go ahead and give God a little dance right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Begin to give. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Gone in the name of Jesus Christ of, of Nazareth. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Walk down to the front if you've been in pain. Quick, 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 because we're not going to take all night. The ladies have been up all night for three nights, so we don't have time. Hang on just a minute. How's your uh, pain level right now? No pain at all, right? That's because His Majesty Jesus Christ took care of it. You came in pain tonight? Where's your pain? Excuse me, say a little louder. Okay, walk across here a little bit. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now as you walk, you're going to notice the pain's leaving right now. The Lord Jesus is healing your legs and your knees. Sir, by the authority of His Majesty Jesus Christ, walk across there and be pain-free right now. Devil, you're a liar. God has put these devils under our... Go ahead, begin to dance a little bit now. Go ahead, go ahead, give God. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus, you pain, you're gone, you're out of here. In the name of Jesus, there it is, there it is, there it is. Rabohosata la la bakata. And, and, and all, all I'm telling you is this this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God telling you, confirming His Word with signs following, that if you will speak the Word of faith, God is going to honor your Word of faith. Go ahead, come up here. Okay, where's your pain, sir? You got pain from your head to your feet. 
your head and where? And your knees. You want that pain gone? You're living for God with all your heart, right? You're living for God with all your heart, right? Good man. Take your hat off. Lay it down. Okay, lift your hands and be healed. By the authority of His Majesty Jesus Christ of Nazareth, pain has to go right now. I command that pain to leave His head. I command it. There it goes. In the name of Jesus, I command that pain to leave His. There it goes. By the authority of Majesty Jesus Christ. There it is now. Begin to shout. Shout with a voice of triumph. Pain, you're gone in the name of Jesus Christ. Let that head be completely healed. I thank you for it, Father. Okay, where's the pain level now? How's the pain now? You feel like heat? Yeah, he said he feels heat. That's often accompanies the healing power of the Lord. How's the pain in the head, Bubba? Well, the knees is good, huh? How about the head? Okay, you can have your hat back. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't know, this just seems to be the night that God wants to show you that he is the healer of every sickness and disease. Anybody else came here in pain tonight? If you came in pain, just walk up to the front real quick because we don't, we're out of time. If you came in pain, you came in pain. Now, let me tell you something. If you can't do a little thing like walk into the front to get out of pain, you deserve your pain. That's it. If you want your pain, you just don't listen. It's easy. That sounded pretty uncaring, didn't it? But it's not. I'm just trying to help you. Where's your pain, ma'am? Anything that God does is medically provable. You don't have to stay away from the doctor. You can go ahead and go to the doctor. And like Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the doctor. Let God be glorified. You got the Holy Ghost, right? Okay. Is it okay if God renews the joy of the Lord in your heart also? Okay. Because this whole thing's made you a little frightened, frightful, a little frightening thing, right? That's understandable. But it's going away right now. Lift your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Woman, I loose you right now. If the name of Jesus from this infirmity, if the name of Jesus abdomen, in the name of Jesus be healed there. Let the heat of God's presence go into her body right now, healing her. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and shout. Hallelujah. And be filled with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes.
God can heal anything. If you need a healing and you want to come forward, I won't stop you. But I'm certainly not going to try to force you to. If you, if you need a healing, you want to come forward, that's fine. We'll pray. And God will do a work in your life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 You need a healing. I've seen this happen before. Whenever God does something, he'll do it again and again and again. Let's come back tomorrow. Pastor, come take this service, please. God bless you. Love you. Hallelujah. 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 Do you believe? I believe if we'll respond to the word of God as it has been said and take this out, God will honor his word. Amen. Amen. Every, I would dare say every one of you have got a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, a classmate, somebody that you've witnessed to, talked to, spoke to. I want you to get a hold of a boldness tonight to take this as an ambassador of the king. Amen. Can we lift our hands and thank God for what he's done in this place? Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We lift you up, God. Hallelujah, we magnify you. We glorify you. We exalt your holy name. We bless your holy name. We speak to our situation. We speak to our world. We speak, oh God, your word, believing for the miracle. Believing.
that it is done in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time, clap your hands and bless the Lord. Oh, oh. hey, Jesus, 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 hallelujah. If, if God's touched anybody online, put it in the comment field, please. I believe God has done some miracles online as well. Amen. Do you believe God can touch people around the world? Do you believe God can touch people in their homes? Come on. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. I want to share this with you just as a, a confirmation to what Bishop preached here tonight. Yesterday, I don't know, some of you might have heard there was a bomb threat uh, Union Pacific and then some of the schools. I don't know if it was all of them, but I know it was Elkhorn as well. Pastor Lucas had texted me and all, and Sister Alicia, of course, was there, uh, one of them. And we began to pray. I was out running an errand. Just began to feel the presence of God, began to pray. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came on. I began to pray in the Spirit. It was not even 60 seconds later that Alicia texted a group text we were in and said, the lockdown's been lifted. I felt the Holy Ghost come upon me that something had happened at that moment. I don't know what exactly happened. I don't know if they apprehended whoever. I don't know, but I believe the Holy Ghost moved at that moment as the Spirit began to pray through me. Hallelujah. I believe that was just a confirmation to me of what's going to happen here tonight in a greater scale, what's going to happen through you, His church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be back here tomorrow morning. Amen. We'll have a great time together. 10.30 first half. We'll have our last couple of testimonies. Looking forward to that. And then our second half, Bishop will be preaching again. I believe God's going to do great things. I believe we have a baptism tomorrow as well. We're looking forward to that. Amen. God's doing it. God's doing it. Hallelujah. Bless one another. Greet one another. Let's be the church in Jesus' name.